Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Headspace Podcast. This is the show where we break down the new hip-hop albums track by track and give you our thoughts and opinions on every single song. Today, we will be talking about Mr. JPEG Mafia's brand new album, All My Heroes Are Cornballs, which is a funny title. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. My name is Chris Chrome. And uh, before we get into it, we want to let you know that we're not professionals. Even if some of us may be perceived as a little bit arrogant sometimes, we are people who just kind of go through these albums and uh, listen to the music and try to understand the culture better, more and more every week. And by looking at albums week over week, it's like you just kind of learn a whole bunch of stuff. But I don't know, for the first time since my early 20s, I feel like I'm connected to the music again. Um, anyway, we care a lot about what you think. So as we do go through this, we recognize that you are probably much bigger Peggy fans than we are. So feel free to drop any comments you want. Let us know what you think about along the way. And we will totally respond to those comments if you make that effort. And to show how much we love it, we always like to read a favorite comment of last week's video. Last week, what album did we talk about, Mr. Christopher? Last week, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, Rhapsody. Yes. And what was the name of the Rhapsody album? Eve. Oh, Eve's a rapper. She's cool, too too anyway on that we got a comment from mr justin j and mr justin j said uh freak i had it open and i hit a button i like your humble approach guys i don't know who did uh, d'angela is if i should i'm sorry that was chris you guys are too cool thank you do you have weed under the table i'm not going to comment on that be sure <laughs> be more polite to chris i try guys i really if you saw my old videos oi, you would see how polite i am to chris you can't say to him you are not paying attention shake my head Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right, indeed. That's possibly like the right. I appreciate polite the support, guys. Thank thing you. To do. Thank you. I don't know. I will try. It depends on how much Chris pays attention, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I know it might come off as dickish, but we do these podcasts week over week. I don't know. Over time, it's like sometimes it looks a certain way on camera. I mean, sometimes you're just Mr. Cranky Pants because it's freaking hot or you're tired and I don't want to make excuses. Sometimes I'm just a plain uh, now I got to censor out that part, but I said bad words about myself for those really, who heard really it. You suck at this whole like three minute thing. No, it's fun. I'm enjoying editing it out so that you're going to hear this kind of silence there like we <laughs> censored it on purpose I actually said nothing there which you can tell because the music underneath us kept playing anyway oh this is the boring crap that probably makes so many people not watch our videos that's okay for those of you that stick through it you're my besties um special thanks in advance to the patrons ismail gadamsey chris prado jonathan barnes dj black hurricane lindale williams and coney sparks they're awesome so we plug them now it's not about us here it'll be about us at the end of the episode mr christopher we're gonna start it now who are we talking about today i see it's one of those episodes it's so it's for jpeg mafia I, I feel i know you're gonna say it but like come on does it not <laughs> feel like it's an appropriate so for this week's headspace album review episode 141 we decided to go with jpeg mafia's new album all my heroes are cornballs all right so it is the part of the show where we try to be a little bit humble with it and tell you how little we know about dax and stuff ahead of time because oh it's not little i know nothing about him i mean well, what i'm trying to say is early on i may have said some grandiose things like i know shit and then people came and was like you don't know shit and i learned my lesson after get i still get slapped 
in the comments on videos like sometimes I wake up and I'm being called an asshole for something I said in 2017 and I'm like fair sometimes sometimes I'm being told not to chastise Chris last week oh well um well last yeah. week was a good week <laughs> um but one of the things I learned is that um, talking to people in the comments is depending on how long you've been a fan of a particular artist or how connected you are to their music, the overall experience you get through the album is completely different. Absolutely. And in regards to somebody like a JPEG Mafia, because I got the feeling there's a lot of little jokesies on these albums I missed actually just in advance because I did not listen to his previous work uh, prior to this. So for those of you that have been uh, JPEG Mafia fans for a long, long time, y'all are going to feel a certain way about this album versus somebody who just comes into it now and hears it you might you guys might everyone might agree on whether or not something is good but the emotional attachment to the album changes based off of your level of fandom we'll call it so we i thought well we thought it would be fair to um tell y'all where we're at with it so chris what do you know about jpeg mafia before this i know you already said it absolutely but. absolutely nothing i've heard the name uh, actually really recently just because somebody brought it up in a conversation I think that person actually asked me if I knew who they were and I was like never never really listened to him but I have heard his name before uh, this is one of the first times I'm sitting down and really going through a full project of uh, JPEG Mafia so as a guy who aspires to be one of the busiest music nerds on the internet I can't help but watch the melon because the melon is the the goat of what we do in music review land who who is bigger than the melon on youtube nobody's bigger than the melon and the melon loves jpeg mafia i mean i don't often find myself agreeing with everything anthony fantano says most often i'm not gonna lie i'm sitting here going who the fuck are we talking about how do you not know who anthony fantano is no, the I melon know anthony how do you not know I the not melon know I, I stopped watching. See, I'm doing it again. This is what the guy told me. No, not no, to do. but it, it, it's too. It, it's not. It's not I'm anything negative. To be I just comedic completely. I'm I bad at that. Completely just stopped watching Anthony Fantano. But now I know who we who who we're talking about. So yes. I mean, I watch him go on about stuff. He does like track reviews. He does a lot of stuff. And let's be real, Anthony Fantano has two freaking popping channels, not just one that I know of. And he can just go make a video about anything, and it gets like a hundred thousand views. And I'm pretty jealous of that. He makes eight minute little videos. They're really, like they're short, but what I learned about Anthony Fantano's tastes is, if it's new and interesting, he gives it good points, and if it's something he's heard before, he does not give it good points. So all things considered, um, since I've been paying attention to his career, which is basically since we've been doing this, and it mattered for me to pay attention to his career. Um, JPEG Mafia is one of the few people the melon has consistently hyped up at every opportunity nice. to a point where, um, I don't know, I got curious at a point. And then uh, Rap Critic reviewed his track Real and um, basically it was so crazed and so I started like putting on his stuff and then I heard this thing that made me more interested than anything I thought could have happened. You think you know me. And let me tell you something here. I watched wrestling for about 18 months of my life. And when I say wrestling, I mean WWE. And during this period, it was 2007, 2008. And I'm a Canadian. And Edge, Edge, my man, was winning shit back then. Before his back injury. I think he was had a back injury. And Edge came out with the, you think you know me. 
on this day. Anyway, y'all know what it is, or you y'all missed the whole thing. It was he was so pumped up, and he did this whole spec, like this whole like big presentation. It was great. It I was showed great. I showed Chris what it would be like if I was a wrestler, because I have always dreamed of what it would be like to come into an event. With the music coming out, I mean, of the songs I would use, probably Fuck Authority by Pennywise. It's a good one. Nice. Come out. And you know, ah. Anyway, I should probably focus on the review. Um, so I heard that the, the beat maker tag he uses, and I was enthralled because, honestly, I, I basically listened to Metalingus because of Edge's intro because that was the one he had at the time. And I kind of missed the You Think You Know Me. So I'm kind of glad that that somehow became JPEG Mafia's beat maker tag. And before we get into the album, while we whatever about this part, I wanted to just comment on the fact that he apparently is a one-stop shop from all of it um mixing mastering beat fucking all of it i mean not the video stuff that's obviously got other people but like from a music per, per point of view it's like an a to z his album nice and i think that's really remarkable and really interesting also really apparent in the way this album is made like there's no way that this wasn't kind of just the one guy doing it all and it's kind of why i think the album presents itself how he's able to pull off this level of distinction um all i have to say i was really impressed by that fact and i thought it would be cool to bring that up just in case i forgot later on uh but this was also my first real like sit down go through the album and pay attention to the lyrics thing because i've listened to some of his music i kind of like his energy i like the fact that there's not a whole lot that sounds like him in, in my little experience of life and so paying attention this time was truly enthralling anyway all my heroes are cornballs is one of the best freaking album titles ever because it's kind of like on one hand he's seeking out goofy people but on the other hand i think it's the discovery that most of the people that you consider to be heroes turn out to actually just be cornballs and um i'm not gonna ever give names on this type of stuff but i heard stories of people who met people who turned out to not be quite like the people they thought they were and i think that happens a lot more often like there's this saying that you don't want to meet your heroes because it turns out most of the time they're probably just gonna be cornballs when you actually meet them and you don't really want to meet your hero and find out that they're a cornball i mean i don't I hope Mike Shinoda is not a cornball. He's one of my biggest heroes in life. I would like to... Honestly, I don't want to meet him in case he turns out to be a cornball. Anyway, um, otherwise, yeah, what do you think about the title and the cover and whatnot? Well, I like the title of the album for the same reason. The the idea of, like... I kind of interpret it like the idea that the people we look up to are still just as normal and weird as, like, anyone else. He's kind of, like, taking away... I feel like he was trying to take away the sense of hero, legend fame celebrity like kind of just bringing it down to a simple form um which was cool um and just looking at the album cover it's like he looks so weird first impression he looks so weird but so fly at the same time really uh just kind of in his own vibe in his own like draped out don't you want a robe like that Maybe yeah, not those like, colors. Um, personally, I would like to have like take the pink and make it more of a darker purple, and I'd feel it more personally. Fair. But like, why can't we have robes like that in life? Like, why is it not cool anymore to have cool ass cape ass robes? I don't think it's not cool. I think where we live, it's not cool. Mm, which is relevant, I guess. So, it's cool. I think that's why I think it's weird, because 
it's so far from what I guess I'm accustomed to or Especially used to. Especially, it's like this dog tag in the middle of it. Right, and then, like I don't know, it, it it's really in this sparse ass room with the ghetto ass chimney. I I kind of thought this going into this seeing this, I knew this album was going to be something I've never heard, never never experienced because everything about it just kind of already gives off this very weird vibe and i don't want to say weird in a in a negative tone it's it's really good it's just odd different uh let's call it unique so you know what's cool though about it is it's done in a way where it's both forgettable and unforgettable at the same time if i wasn't really looking for it i wouldn't really pay attention and stop like if i was going through the new releases on spotify this wouldn't catch my eye, honestly. Right. But once you really look at it, you just realize how goofy it kind of comes off. Because it's also like a weird, a slight tilt, right? Like it's just a slightly off-kilter picture. It's mm-hmm. not like even. Mm-hmm. All of that. Once you notice it all, I feel like it kind of like leaves a little bit of a lasting impression. And like then you look you at the to. titles and it's like, oh, that guy's inspired by cornballs. I think it makes it extra funny. Like he's almost satirizing his heroes by making fun of them with this off kilter picture. And I thought that was really cool. I think I agree with that. I think that uh, if if I was, you know, going through the whole searching thing, I might not catch my eye as quick. But if somebody were to be like, hey, you remember this album? And they, they were to say the name, I could picture. I think it, I'd be able to picture what the album looks like. So, yeah, anyway. I agree. So the album starts off with a oddly titled song, Jesus Forgive Me, I Am A Thought. Chris, how do you feel about Jesus Forgive Me, I Am A Thought by JPEG Mafia? Um, it was exactly what I thought it would be, and that is weird. <laughs> like, it was it was off the bat, it was completely different. Uh, the beats, the beat just took you to some different, like, dimension in a way, and you're just you're like did a good job of taking me out of my of where i well it did a good job of taking me out of where i was but it it really just was in a weird it kind of puts you in a weird headspace um now at first i thought it was kind of the the title of the the song i thought it was like a play on name like the word thought kind of relating to like slutty and kind of do, doing what you want um uh i thought he was like making a play on where like calling himself uh himself that which i feel like there is some type of narrative that he kind of carries through the song uh but then if i'm not mistaken he is kind of taking this from the perspective of a woman he's kind of uh i guess expressing whatever like friends he's spoken to and how they feel or whatnot he's taking that perspective um but it was cool like as as a as a first song it was really cool it was really different and i enjoyed it um I took some things down from the first verse. Uh, I like how he starts off and goes, uh, pray you get comfy in your disguise. Pray pray for my thoughts on the other side. Pray for my children I can't provide. I feel 45. Pray when you shoot, it's homicide. Pray for my haters, they terrified. Come kill me, I'm verified, but I'm still alive, I'm still alive. Now, I like how he's first off kind of being a little bit cocky, uh, kind of giving us this like, uh, boss mentality that you can't take me out. I'm still here. You know, I'm, I'm still in the rap game. I'm still doing my thing. So that was cool. Uh, but really going and breaking down to uh, like the lyrics themselves. I like when he started off with pray you get comfy in your disguise. I like how he's addressing, you know, people might be hiding behind a mask. Uh, people might be trying to be something they're not, act some way they're not. 
if this is written from like a perspective of a woman, maybe it's like talking to the boyfriend, like they're acting a certain way that they're that they're not truly are or whatnot. So that was cool. Uh, pray for my thoughts on the other side. I like how that could be taken in like two ways kind of like if this is from a perspective of a woman it's like her sisters her homies her like her girls her squad hopefully they're good the people she respects hopefully they're all chilling so it's kind of like you got that that like respect loyalty mentality um but also from like a dude perspective it could also be the same thing like he's looking out for his home girls he's looking out for the people he may have grown up with and people around in his area that he comes from like uh who do certain things or act certain ways so that's also really really cool pray for my children i couldn't provide um i don't i mean i don't know if like he's openly admitting he doesn't like he can't provide for his kids or if he has kids or whatnot but i guess like the overall thinking is maybe the kids from his community uh the 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 people around him that he wants to take care of and whatnot so uh, that was really cool and uh i'll feel uh, i feel 45 pray when you shoot uh i'll feel 45 pray when you shoot it's homicide pray for my haters they terrified um i don't i think i may have missed up a line but i like how he's kind of just addressing the haters kind of telling everybody that they're kind of terrified and weirded from what he does which i can really understand like right off the like also for me off the bat i was just like this is completely different but it's good lyrically it is good the flow he comes out with is is so just it has this modern touch to it but it's it's different in a way that the way he presents it the way the sound the audio the mixing it's it's, it's cool um I like when he goes, uh, it came out the pocketbook every time, feel like I'm shooting, I'm shifting time, dressed in your grandma's hand-me-downs. Uh, I like that line because from, I guess, uh, according to the genius annotation, he, uh, he normally kind of just can range from different styles. Uh, he kind of wears like unisex clothing. It could be gender controversial if it's either feminine or ma uh, female or male. Uh, it could range from looking really young to looking really old. So I guess I liked how he was just really just humble about it and kind of just defining who he is, uh, but in a really type of like boss attitude way, like, yo, like on <clears throat> what was humble about that? Well, like he's just, I, I guess maybe Literally, his next word. lines is, huh, sucker, I'm prominent. I was anonymous and I'm, you know, it's, it's kind of braggy in a good way. So I, I don't, and then I was using the wrong word. I just like how he's being honest in terms of him being like weird. Like wearing these, like wearing the grandmother's hand-me-downs and then being still braggy about it. Like it was just kind of cool how he's got that, I guess, pride. Like he's he's really comfortable with doing that. So that was awesome to me. Um, I didn't really understand the chorus, I'll be honest. Like I didn't really get what that was. Uh, so I kind of just moved on to verse two. On verse two, uh, pray for my babies, they do in time. Pray for these crackers, don't Columbine. I just pray that I peak before my decline make them make them hit recline you know my shooter proper dime cl uh, clarity these bullets get entered in a clip and go into the kimber they hit your spine i enjoy the word play i enjoy the syllable play um i like how he went uh pray for my babies they don't do time again i kind of feel like he's connecting it pray for my babies they doing time not they don't do time that's the opposite right um but i like how he's 
kind of speaking for his, I guess, his homies or the, his people in jail who are who are behind bars. And that was like, OK, you can see that he's doing it. He's, he's kind of in this for somebody. He's kind of trying to uh, I guess he's got like more than just for himself. Like, he, like it's still that kind of like community mentality. Um, pray these crackers don't call them buying. I mean, it's. I felt a little bit. To me, it kind of felt a little bit self-explanatory. Hope there's not like a mass shooting. He's kind of bringing up the. Uh, he's trying to address the. Um, I guess the conversations of mass shootings and killings and gun violence. Uh, I just pray that I peak before my decline. I like that type of idea where he's like he could fall at any moment, especially how rapid like music's changing now and artists are coming up really quickly. Like at any moment, he could probably just get shuffled under and nobody listens to him anymore. So that was cool. Um, make them hit recline. I guess they need to like, I like, I guess the idea for that was more like kind of reclining. You're laying back. You're, you're, you're kind of taking a step back. You need to look and, and really go back to his old things. So that was cool. And then, you know, my shooter's a proper dime. I kind of felt like he was addressing that he's got like women who can shoot. So that was cool. Uh, and then the bullets get entered in the clip and go into the Kimber that hits your spine. Kimber is a gun manufacturing, uh, brand and, I thought that was a nice little bit of like a metaphor play on words type. Uh, overall, what I was, was a metaphor for. Maybe I used that wrong, but I just like the line. Well, I mean, if it's, it's probably, I mean, a metaphor means it represents something other than directly. Well, he's, he's, I don't, then it's not a metaphor. He's just using the, uh, the name to connect the, uh, attachment of the shooter with okay. the, uh, the, you know, my shooter, a proper dime. And then he's just connecting that rhyme scheme and that 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 theme with because um, Kimber is a gun. I know. Right. So overall, I did like the song. I did enjoy it. Uh, I gave it a four point two. I thought it was a really good intro. All right. So I didn't say anything while Chris was talking. Just so, you know, I didn't come off like I was being a dick. I probably still came off like I was being a dick. Uh, this video is demonetized because it brings up Columbine. That's <laughs> what I realized halfway through. Um, but uh, right away, I think that he represents the thought thing for himself and the way he is ambiguous with it. And it made me really just think about the alpha beta male conversation, right? So alpha males present certain things. To be a man, you got to be a certain way. And honestly, who the fuck dresses in like this pink flamboyant outfits? And if you do, somehow it makes you less masculine. It's almost like a common narrative that you're going to hear out there in the world. So I think he's talking about himself a little bit. You know, representing the thoughty lifestyle thing that he's putting out there is how he sees things. And I think it's just kind of maybe a reflection on things as he goes, pray. And But when he goes to me, pray you get comfy in your disguise, pray for my thoughts on the other side. It makes me kind of picture fake people in the industry of some kind and whatever. And thoughts, I took it almost like he represented his people with that. Like the, and the other side, that could be death, that could be like the hood, that could be prison, that could be any kind of multiple things is how I saw that going on. I thought that was pretty nifty. As I realized he was gonna be coded poetry. Like to me, this whole song has this introspective nature where it's almost like he's like lost in his mind and he's reflecting like the depths of like how he sees things you know so you know pray for my children i can't provide almost took that like you know when he he comes from a given environment and then he looks around and there's all these people that he can't deal with you know and regardless to the situation he can't provide for them probably because in spite of everything he's not rich 
um, I'll feel 45, which is a cool line because of his age. He'll feel old, like he can't deal with stuff, but simultaneously representing the gun. Pray when you shoot, it's a homicide, which, you know, ties into that line. But at that point, it's like, if you're going to come at him, you better you better win. It's almost like an open threat to his haters. Pray for my haters. They terrified. Come kill me. I'm verified. I think that verified is literal. Like, social media has verified him. Like, he's fucking... Um, got a genius video coming and a few other things like people take him seriously and i'm like damn that's pretty fascinating you know like it just to me starts off in this strong way where you get the sense that he's not necessarily satisfied with the condition of where his life is and he's willing to speak out in a way where he does not will it it's almost like you can tell he's using these like feminine lines like pray end up like Charlize Theron to fuck with you like you're supposed to be like throwing up by the fact that he's gonna drop some weird woman crap such as dressed in your grandma's hand-me-downs I took that like yeah so what I am I'm man enough to wear your grandma's hand-me-down shit and you're a weak-ass pussy person for not being able to do that and the truth is I'm with him on that man like if you really can't wear your grandma's hand-me-downs for xyz reason i mean and you think that makes a person whatever that says more about you than it does about that person like there's a lot of conversations about what's masculine i can tell you about what being a man is to me is taking care of your shit you take care of your shit you're a man if you don't take care of your shit you're a little a little person who whines and whatnot and often you'll see people criticizing off of some superficial crap like what they wear or how they you know present themselves and they don't actually look at the talent because if you consider what jpeg mafia is doing here with his music because sonically it's, it's an experience right like the beat's ridiculously interesting it's got this thumpy pulsating chaotic feel to it but it really just catapults almost like you're inside of his mind and feeling the exact right. emotions that represent what he wants you to feel on this track so you get you know and he flows in with actually really sick rhyming and whatnot and it's just like okay um i can see how a lot of people might not necessarily like what he's doing but then to go one step further and almost dress in a certain way to stand out further or to have your brand almost i don't know if this is his whole career but it almost seems like he wants you to judge him because it proves the point of how weak you are and that's what i really really like about it um then i don't know i thought the chorus was cool i can't feel my face you know you're completely gone oh god smh no asmr and i'm like that's a weird line because shake my head and asmr is the hash caps crap on youtube where you're supposed to like i guess sleep or i don't know half the people watched i get turned on um show me and you can tell because the girls are half naked in half these videos okay it's not my fault that's the market for it uh show me where the profits go show me how to keep my pussy closed i just feel like in all of this there's this weird like conflict inside like almost questioning if living this lifestyle that he's been living let's say makes sense you know hmm. she said you better count your blessings for real amen i mean if the industry is as fake as it almost makes it sound like at the beginning, I'm like, okay, I kind of see where you're coming from. You're living in this fragmented situation where maybe you lived this life for a while and you're not satisfied for it. And I, I'm supposing here, I don't really know what his past music lyrically embodies. Um, 
but i do like how that second point comes in pray for my babies they do in time pray for these crackers don't call them by so from that it took it it's like yo if you black you're gonna go to jail for shit but if you white and you're a school shooter you were freaking insane or you know there's like this criminalization of one group but another group just gets easy access to guns or whatever and i don't want to go too political with it but the way the media covers school shootings and the people who do them is freaking it's a weird one that's all i'm going to say about that y'all know exactly what i'm talking about um i just pray that i peak before my decline make them hit recline so i thought that was nifty because on the one hand it could be about the career but if you look at what's going on there's the systematic oppression of him and his people so it could be a cop kills him or it could be that he's just a, a, an innocent standby as somebody goes and commits another mass atrocity because what every week i don't know i don't pay attention anymore there could be three shootings this weekend and frankly like it would go over my head because evidently americans don't want to change the laws it's not our country i don't know it's not as in my place it's not in my constitution to bear there's no right to bear arms in canada is what i'm trying to say our gun laws are pretty secure um we made a whole video on gun laws remember uh i don't know and then i kind of look at the bullets that in that thing that's coming in as a a, re a representation of lyrics too because that's his gun in a sense so it could both literally right. be the bullets of society but also the rumors and the comments and the bars and the way this whole works in because he goes britney this is sign i don't know it just made me picture britney spears you know pray you grow healthy and hit your prime so it's almost like if you look what happened to her is that going to happen to peggy you know maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm going too deep into it but what i also really like is he goes 2035 i'll be 45 which is interesting because he brings up being 45 in the first verse kind of tying it in and then thinking about the future and 2035 man i'm gonna be 47 that's the truth about that hell i think i turned 48 ish anyway uh i really like this song i thought it was really cool and then kind of the way this album's constructed the start of the next song almost always seems to be the last like 20 30 seconds right. or so of the previous song so it fades into this outro and i just love when he's like praise the motherfucking lord because there's it almost has this questioning tone like maybe there is some god presence in his life on the other hand it almost feels like it's a metaphor for just the conflict inside of himself and i like the way he ends it like life is just confusing the video is kind of fun to watch i don't have a lot to comment on it it was just kind of fun to watch but it wasn't anything i really remember i thought about it i can't remember very much about it except that i thought it was fun to watch anyway i thought this was a very strong start to the project something i actually would want to go back and listen to and is one of the it's a good way to start it off because it is in my opinion one of the best tracks on the project and it's a good thing to make you want to like get engaged and go listen to it further and see what comes next um anyways next up we have keenan versus kel apparently keenan versus kel is a show that i've never heard of or seen or watched it was a good show growing up and that's why i, I, I actually like how he presented this song it, it, okay go on because <coughs> i don't know what that show is it's um from Keenan and Kel was a show about, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's two black dudes who work at uh, work at a burger work at a burger shop, mm. and um, or or they're actually just they're two comedians and they work and, and they had a, they were on they were part of also uh oh the uh, the, like the whole kids on uh, fucking Disney Channel or like YTV I think it's Disney they had a thing called uh oh and it's like. Uh, 
it's kind of like a SNL, but for kids. It was uh, it was like a Saturday Night Live, but for kids. Um, and the the but the show the show that I remember them on was um, this burger show. And uh, oh, is that game show where like they had the slimes and shit? Uh, the all that. It's called all that. Okay, the comedian uh, show is called All That. It's with a bunch of kids, and um, they had like celebrities that would come on, and Keenan and Cal were on that show as well. I don't think I ever saw that. Um, thank you, Christopher. Thank you for correcting me. Um, but the one that I remember is like, I guess it's like the skit of Good Burger. It's called Good Burger, and they would play uh, these. Um, the, they would play the cashiers, and uh, Keenan. I, I one of them was always more like calm, collected, kind of like Mr. Nice, whatever. And the other one was like very out there, hyper, always ready to go and stuff like that. So what I liked about the way he presented this was one verse, part one, um, kind of felt more serious, kind of more collected together, more uh, calm uh, and, and just that type of vibe. And then the second part was more rambunctious and had this type of flow energy and going through. So I really did how he liked where he represented both of these two characters. So that was something like a little bit nostalgic to me. So that was cool. Um, again, uh, I'm starting to kind of feel like there, like this song kind of was just bars in a sense. Uh, but I did like what he said on verse one, because uh, when I'm rolling, I'm dressing up like Princess Peach, like Prince Peach. And if you send in, in Mario's to defend me, you better make sure to break all the Grammys, kill all the winners, losers, nominees. Now, I like that line because uh, I feel like we're getting this context of how he kind of looks at himself in terms of just the way he dresses, the way he carries himself. Uh, I like how he's using the uh, Mario the, the Mario game connection because I feel like he's saying, because he's Princess Peach, the way he dresses and, and the way he kind of, I guess, at least in the um, album cover, kind of looks a little bit royalty, those nice colors. Um... Princess Peach was always like, you know, captured by Bowser. So Mario would go and save her. But I like how this idea, I guess the way I'm interpreting it is like, if you're sending Mario's to defend me, you better make sure they break all the Grammys, kill the winners, losers, and nominees in a way of like not wanting to have any type of, I guess, competition type yeah. of status type of, it's like, we should all just be together and just make music. We should just kind of all enjoy uh, the creativity that we have. So that was cool to me. Um, but I also feel like take out the competition in a more direct way. Like, don't fucking just sit here and passively do something. Right. Like, this is the situation. Deal with it. Right. No, I can see that. Um, off probation, crackers, Hayden, accusations only on occasion. Uh, I don't want relations. Had some thoughty phase, strip, home invasion. Fuck with me, man. Now, for that, I feel like he's kind of just breaking down some things he's been through in his past and kind of just giving a little bit of, of who he is. Uh, so, uh, off probation, crackers, hating. I feel like he's, you know, but it sounds like if he's off probation, he's not dealing with the law right now. Uh, you know, he's not really in trouble or anything. So that's good news. Uh, crackers, hating. Uh, seems like white people are hating the fact that he might be off probation or he might not be uh, in trouble or whatnot. 
accusations only on occasions i like how it's like not all the time are they really like accusing him of some things but it's like special things when they can really pin it on him or maybe that's like a reference to being like if you're a black person you know on certain occasions they can just pin it on you and you really can't have like you don't really have a say or you can't do anything about it so that was uh that's kind of what i took from that line it was really cool to me uh i don't want relations not really looking for anything serious he's just trying to do himself just trying to be him and and, and the way he wants to just live i uh, had some thoughty phases strip home and uh strip home invasions fuck with me so i feel like he's giving off like yo this is how i kind of do i like to fuck i like to fuck around i like to have some fun but i'm also down for some grimy shit like breaking into your house and stealing if i need the money if i need to go on some hood shit let's call it right so that was it was really cool that kind of like that that different contrast that he's kind of showing off that he's really complex like he's got these different layers to him um i feel like the chorus is kind of breaking down him having anxiety um in terms of like how people perceive him if i'm not mistaken um the relation of like making music being a producer uh seems and how like he's kind of showing himself how uh, he's, it doesn't sound like he's trying to make money and people kind of look at him like he is. Maybe he's trying to sell out or whatnot. I think I may have interpreted this wrong. I look at it like he was actually just being really self-aware and shit, right? So I feel like a lot of this album has him kind of exploring uh, his emotional state as he takes on fame right i think he's just one of those dudes that's just breaking down as he sees it i mean you see it right from the beginning of this man i really wish i was illuminati what a fascinating line right like i'm not powerful i don't really have that i kind of wish i was though people waiting on the peg like i'm dropping yandy too black too strong i'm a little thotty so it's almost like you look at that and it's like people are excited stoked for what he's coming from and in a sense the way he's comparing himself to snowing yandy it's almost like people are curious about who he is, right? Why are you comparing yourself to Kanye? Probably because you're out there. You're a little bit different. Maybe, you know, you're too black, too strong. Maybe you're also a little thotty in the way that you've approached things and whatnot. So people are super curious. Even even the melon is sitting there, you know, stroking your ego and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But fuck a big speech because when I'm rolling, I'm dressing up like I'm Prince Peach, you know. And if So it's almost like, but, you know, whatever. I'm going to come in the way I do things, right. etc. So he kind of presents this whole thing. Maybe he's just feeling some complicated situations going. You know, he's uh, kind of putting it out like he's he's almost militant with it. He's feeling frustrated, distrustful almost of a situation is what I would say you get from that first verse. Like he doesn't feel, like you don't come off like he's feeling super comfortable and stuff. And then when that hook kicks in, how are we gonna make this bullshit work for real? How are we gonna make this work facts? But like, how can I even make a good beat? I get nervous when people want features. How am I, how am I gonna make this work? Right. That sounds to me like a person who is now all of a sudden getting that fame that they've been looking for. They're finally having things work in a particular way. And all of a sudden it's the real anxiety that comes with that. Like these sound to me like actually sincere, almost verbatim emotions that he's, he's going through. And then in his insecurity, 
as you pointed out with the way the characters flip up one was meek the other one was more out there the beat then flips in so it's like the end of that insecurity and then what do you get skirt run it up yeah buddy you know bitch i come back like the jack and dax off the shelf i don't know if a jack and dax is a something you know about Yes, it's a video game. I've played it. It's, it's a great game. Okay. Uh, shopping my Target. I'm wishing you well. Which is which cool. Which is cool because Target's a store that failed in Canada. It didn't do very well. Honestly, it was over a computer software inventory fucking issue. It was weird. It was like really? software that fucked up everything. Um, I'm wishing you well. I don't think prayer can help. This feel like Keenan and Kel. These broke like Adele. I get it? Adele. But also Adele, the company, because that computer's trash and they break. Um it's funny Dell used to be good they're not no more uh people tell people melt i'm gonna shoot you don't sell i don't think prayers or poems or nothing can help so as this the beat's explosive and he's kind of coming in so he presents this anxiety in like the first part and then explodes into maybe a more confident tone but it's still not like this makes a difference in the grand scheme of things and i found that like kind of depressing overtone of this song awesome in a sense mm -hmm. I was very fascinated. I'm like two tracks in. This is really hype. This is really interesting. The first part of the beat's kind of calmer, then it explodes again. And I just like the versatility he's showing, and just it just feels so like he combed over every second of the song to make sure every weird sound was placed perfectly and it just reflects the level of attention he does. From the beatboxing he kind of sounds at the beginning, um, it's really it's really interesting i don't know if you know what i mean but like there's so many sounds that he just uses that like he's more than just the mc here he's really just the whole package and it really feels like the whole composition reflects his spirit and i really dig that authenticity with it so i gave it a 4.5 on 5 personally i gave the song a 4.2 i i liked it i liked the again i i think i like it more just because i can i can kind of visually see the verses as characters uh it really i can kind of see the keenan and the kel in in the different verses in terms of what i used to watch uh, I also like um, how I also kind of get a sense there's going to be a lot of references that I might actually understand in terms of maybe what he's watched or experienced or grown up with since we're only what, like four years apart? I'm 25, he's 29. I guess. I understand. So it, 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 was, it was pretty cool just to kind of see um, like just some, some things that I, I'm actually going to be able to possibly relate to. So I enjoyed that. Next up, though, we have some more social commentary because a lot of y'all alpha males out there really drop these beta male strategies. This song is pretty dynamic and alive, but I swear it starts off and he's like fucking eating. Like he was literally eating in the studio. Ain't no details. He has like that sound going on as he records and starts the intro. Like he couldn't be bothered to finish chewing. <laughs> and I think that's hilarious because, you know, it, well, it, it almost paints plays, a picture of, I guess, who he's targeting, you know? Like, well, it also kind of plays on the ain't no details. Like, it's not even, you're not taking the time to really have the details of the song. He's just adding whatever is there. Like, if he's eating, he's eating. If the beat's on, he's recording it. So that was cool. Um, and then I like how he goes, ain't no real money in rap. It's all retail. And that's true, man. The actual money is not in rap. It's in the retail that surrounds the rap, the music, the, the products that get sold on tour, etc. Um, and you might think that's not the case, but your know, content is king, but it's not exactly like content makes you money by itself like it once did five years ago. Con or even when you were younger, but content now, like it's, it's kind of an auxiliary advertising platform to sell retail shit. Um, I don't know. 
I like when he goes, I'm only in it for the cash. I'm a gold digger. And again, he's like playing up on these feminine terms to describe himself because he's bold like that. When I die, uh, shit post. When I die, my tombstone's Twitter. Twitter. Saying, you know, and then he goes into it. Which is dope. But it's interesting how and he does. He references in a, like this idea in a few ways, where he recognizes that the imprint that he's leaving via content online was going to immortalize him as a person. And that's something I can relate to, because even if I die today, there's how many hours of like conversation out there that they could like totally make an AI out of me at this right. point. Right. It could have some. I've said so many words and letters and sounds that right. they could completely recreate me into a bot and i think that's super cool i could be immortal even if it's not me and that's a dream of mine i can't wait man scan me get my brain up in that shit put me into a robot yo i want to know what it's like to be a robot i want to meet me i might not like me that i I, i'd fucking hate me but i still want to meet me so i could hate me like y'all might not be i'm gonna keep going um ain't no details ain't no conversations ain't no real money and rap it's all in retail it's all outrage and then he adds on to the idea because the truth is outrage is a form of currency that's going on y'all put this pissy in prime position young peggy i'm a false prophet bringing white folks this new religion my fans need new addictions so i thought that was fascinating because it's almost like he recognizes that a lot of his fans are white which i kind of got the feeling from his music based on how you know i just but it's the types of people who are kind of bored with all of the different kinds of mainstreams. So a guy like Anthony Fantano, who has heard it all for a right. decade, is going to be excited by this because he needs that new addiction. And honestly, what makes this album riveting and fun for me to review and listen to is because what have you heard that sounds like this? No, oh, for sure. So it's alive. And even if you don't necessarily like it, it feeds this new addiction in a sense because it's giving you this new craving for this new sound that nobody else is able to do, which I think is 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 interesting. It's like he's trying to, I don't know, bring his own brand of things up there and recognizes the power of what it is. Well, I also think that this song also has a narrative of talking about social media. Yeah. Um, but like... Yeah, go on. Well, I was going to say, I was going to quote, uh, people be talking shit. I tell them, pull up, bitch. Cease to exist. Don't get a, don't get exposed. And huh, keep code, which I think is important. Only in it for the cash. I'm a gold digger shit post. And that's where, and that's where I go, okay, so when I hear shit posting, I'm associating it to social media. I'm associating it to whatever, like, shitty meme or my friends when they make references to shit post memes. And I like how he's kind of going at the people who are in a way i guess commenting on his social media i don't think it's just like his social media i think it's just there are people who get their jollies and think they're a real man and just talking shit and they'll use words like i'm an alpha i'm an alpha male because i'm up here on the internet being blah 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 and it's almost like having this uh internet persona that's tough this tough guy image makes you feel like you're a real man right and so i think in his character he's behaving what i would more perceive like a real man repping himself being proper um by my definitions 
while almost using effeminate terms on himself and and fucking with you because some people will like look yo if you wear some girly crap you're not a real man right but i can sit there and call you a bitch on the internet and that makes me a real man i think he's trying to expose that shit you know i think he's trying to like go like yo are you really are you really real here well right and then we like move on to the second verse where he, he there's no uh chorus but there's no like hooker chorus between the first and second verse it just goes right through uh a uh, I, I we don't we gonna do it like this say what you said on twitter right now uh you only brave with a board with a board and a mouse you was talking when i put you you wasn't talking when i put you in the ground don't leave the house don't get capped by a homie in a fucking in a motherfucking gown i guess that's again playing it up right something that's super fascinating is a lot of people when they're dealing with people on the internet they're everybody's a fucking dick right everybody's a fucking asshole and i'm not saying everybody in fact our audience has been super cool lately i don't know maybe we're not being dicks so they're not being dicks but like in general so many people get so much hate here's the thing when i do it when we do reaction videos yep. and we get this younger audience coming in oh my gosh the amount of fucking mean things they say makes me almost like reconsider do i want to attract the young people this this attitude at the very least when you make long ass videos it's a certain type of person that can appreciate the effort you put in right so they're a little bit kinder in the comments that's you guys being awesome over there thank you thank you but like on the reaction side i've noticed people are just willing to be f i've been called like stupid like too stupid to know anything about music so many times in the last year on that channel i'm like damn man it's like you have to like everything you have to love everything you have to and it's just there's so many rules to the internet that i don't understand but meaningless to say everybody on the internet with opinions goes through this right? right you see everybody comment on it but then there's this other strange phenomenon that when they're in the streets everybody's nice and kind to them like they're the freaking heroes well, of life i like to think it's it's it, i like to think it's just the idea of like you're now we're now living this double life we're now like we're all living this this is me in real life. Like, okay, this is me at my job. I'm Christopher Johnson. I'm doing this, blah, 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 blah. But then when I'm at home and I go on my computer, my phone, whatever, it's like, I'm now, let's call it Chris Chrome. I'm now Christopher Johnson on the internet, which behind a screen, I can be anybody. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have mm, to, that's I'm true. not standing up to my, it's not like, I saw a meme. I saw I saw a post where it goes, uh, "Fuck work today. Um, I don't need my job unless you're my boss." And reading this, then I really appreciate all the opportunity you've given me, and I really like to grow in the company. And that really screamed at me because I was like, "Yeah, dude, I'm I'm not gonna say it. I wake up and go like, you know, fuck Aww. work once once or twice every morning, but." You know, you know what gets me? What? Is the people who somehow are posting about how they got a new job every three months. <laughs> and you're like, well, no shit. No shit. You can't, like, fucking get a good job. Because you keep posting about how bad you are at keeping a job. Uh, if we're going to talk about social media. Cause well, the and hold on. I had a moment. Okay. On real life story. This guy complained about Montreal's bus service, which... Oh, here we go. Objectively speaking, here we go. Montreal has one of the best bus services for the price we pay. Like, it's really cheap and affordable. As in, like, it cost us, honestly, for a bus pass under 100 Canadian a month, which is an amazing price relative mm. to... 
Mm. No, it is. How much uh, is a bus pass? Eighty, ninety well, bucks. Okay, so hold on. A bus pass, a monthly bus pass. Uh, yes, let me finish. So on the island of where we live, yes. That's all that I'm talking about. Montreal. Anything off the island is somebody else's bus pass. Like if you're in a Laval, then it's two I'm, separate companies you're dealing with. I mean, for mine to go everywhere, have a whole like bus pass thing when I was at my mom's, it was like one eighty. Yeah, but you were not living in Montreal. You were living off the island. But I. But that's what I'm saying. Like I had. So. so I'm but saying I had access paying, to the island. But then what I'm saying is you're paying for two separate bus systems. So of course it costs more money. Fair. I'm saying for the people that live in Montreal that pay for the one bus system because mm. like if you never leave Montreal, why? Like, this is only a problem for people who live off island. Fair, fair. Which is like living in the burbs, we'll call it. Um, I mean, fair enough. Like it's off. It's out no, there. Fair enough. Like you basically need a car to live out there, in my opinion. Yep. No, um, it's, it's true, and there's really nothing to do. So like it's like not populated bus lines and etc. But on island, it's like eighty-five to ninety bucks. I get it on a discounted rate. Let's say six fifty. Right. So that's all we pay in Toronto. You're going to be looking at almost two hundred dollars a month for their bus pass, if not more. I think it's like yeah, something like one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars all over. Yeah, and whatever. What I'm trying to point out is that we get like one of the cheapest bus services out there, objectively speaking. Dude puts a rant online. That's fine. But one of the things about his rant and their poor service was that like their bus driver were like paid outrageously and i'm like are they what's outrageous to you and i looked it up bus drivers start at 50k and with overtime bonuses can make 70k a year and i'm like that doesn't seem like a bad price for a, like a bus driver like that doesn't right. seem like exorbitant enough that they're being like overpaid and somehow pay these guys less right i'm like 50k is not a good salary in canada it's not american dollars it's canadian dollars so that's like 32k american so like it's not popping it's just like it's an okay salary it's nice these guys got to drive through rush hour traffic with a lot of people on buses are an essential city service and then so so i commented and said i, I think it's it's strange that you're mad about how much they get paid you know, and I pointed out that this isn't exactly great salaries. Some other healthcare workers all like, you know what? I'm a healthcare person and I make less than him. Blah, blah, blah. In my head, I'm like, who cares? You're both important to the city. Nine days out of 10, I need a bus driver in my life because I take the bus more than I need a doctor. I'm right. Not to say that anyone is more valuable than others, but like if you live in a major city like mine, having access to a bus driver makes my monthly travel costs go from four to five hundred dollars a month the minimum amount to have a car in montreal to the bus pass price of like 85 bucks so fuck that shit bus drivers let's get these guys in let's get them paid properly they we need them happy so they don't kill me anyway i had to say dude back the fuck out and posted some passive aggressive crap like literally after like fine i'm never gonna say anything on the internet again is that what all of you want and I'm like, yo, basically, like, I don't know. Somehow this song really reminded me of that moment because it happened today. And I, I had that cop out. I had to resist commenting on that guy's thing because his dad knows my mom and you know how that shit goes. But like, for real, these people are fragile. That when I see that line, I'm like, yo, it's true. I might come off like a serious goofball to a lot of y'all. But what I say on the internet is we exactly what story, I... By the way. Yeah which I figured they would know because I'm pretty sure anyway you know what I'm not going to assume but what I would say is Chris can attest to the fact that whatever I am like on the internet is literally how I am as a person so good or bad this isn't an act this is just me I'm real reels and when I post online is literally what I would say to your face 
Thankfully, nobody's hit me yet because I can talk pretty well. But like, all I'm saying is don't say shit if you can't back it up in real life. If you're not willing to say that to somebody, don't say it. So you, if you're going to put a thing on a Facebook, that's a public place. You don't have no private over there. Expect I, people to respond and crap. I don't know if that's related to the song, but I just had to get it out of my little rant. Y'all are the people I talk to in life. <laughs> anyway. Um, I just wanted. To, I don't. I don't. I don't want to stay on this for too too long. But I, I know do have, I'm done. I just I, had to I get my story have, out. I do have a point to that though. I. What bothers me is. Yeah, I'm okay with everybody choosing to put their own comments and and say what you say. Okay, I do what you want. But if you decide to put your comment and somebody responds, like you don't have to read it. Like if you intentionally, you also can delete their comment. I mean, sure. That that that's the thing. It's like. If you just want to troll, shit post, and do whatever, do you. But, and, like, you let yourself then, get affected. And even if by, we want to play, like, free speech principles, right. I am freely, with my within my free speech, allowed to say your, your post was not well-researched or intelligent to make. I, I do just want to put my opinion. Um, if you're going to argue with somebody on the internet and then turn around and something along the lines of, fine, I'm never just going to say anything on my opinion, that's that's the bullshit cop out. Here's like, what I could say. It makes me go, thank goodness, man. Just <laughs> no, really. Honestly, when I saw his post after, I'm like, good. I'm glad you deleted that piece of shit post and you're not going to post stupid things. I honestly felt like I did a service to the world after. I know. Look, I know I'm a bit of... Five yeah i know i know how i come off here but like it's just don't shame people because you don't understand how shit works understand how shit works a little bit more before and i used to be a stupid ignoramus that posted dumbass shit but this dude's my age i know this dude like ignoramus look all i'm trying to say is i think we all need to take a little bit more accountability in the bold ass proclamations we make on the internet i feel you because like everything's weird these days kind of like what jpeg mafia is talking about and if you're not willing to stand by what you say don't say it talking about weird and bringing it back to the album i tried let's move right (laughs) yes you you uh, rap been so good to me i hope it gets me canceled now Mm, cancel culture i've noticed something in my own viewing of whatever the fuck goes on Cancel culture only makes everybody bigger, everybody richer, and everybody more famous. That's not true. It makes a... I want to just say everybody but the person being canceled. Because sometimes being canceled fucks up your life if you're not rich enough to bounce back. So, okay, fine. I agree if you're not rich enough to bounce back or if you don't have the means. But from what I keep seeing, like cancel this person cancel that person and then two months later it's like their new album their new this their new that well, and it, it look there's a difference between like people calling for somebody to be canceled over everything which is like the boy crying wolf is what we're seeing now and actual campaigns to get people canceled which if you look at r kelly got the dude in jail so like if you look at harvey weinstein it wasn't there okay. well for him at the I'm, end of it all i'm probably wrong but didn't R. Kelly's streams go up and didn't like things does, that doesn't change the fact that he is effectively canceled at this point okay. effectively because I mean another tape came out and he was in big trouble and I don't see how he bounces back from that one even with all the money in the world look cancel culture is complicated because some of it is fake 
and is being constructed to make a lot of money for people. In mm-hmm. other parts, like people's lives actually get ruined. So then let me just say my original point. Rap been so good to me. I hope I get I hope it gets me canceled. I like how from what I turn to interpret if you're at the point where people are trying to get you canceled, I think he's staying you're rich enough. Yes. So I think that is a fair thing to, to bring up. I completely agree with that right. because the truth is, or significant. But that was, but because, that's what I'm trying like, to explain in terms it. of cancel culture. It's Let's like say, once you've hit that, once you've hit that threshold and people are like, now it's time well, to attack I'm you. I'm going to change it just from rich to relevant. Okay. Because you might not be rich, but you're somebody if people are trying to cancel you. I agree. Y'all hope that I'll be dead soon. Bitch, I must be scaring you. I packed the fixer in case you bitches want a scandal. I came Glock with a dick and y'all be typing it. Y'all ain't gonna do shit in your pussy ass life. So what I took from the rest of that is based on all of these things is like, look, like I said, if you're a person willing to say what you got to say in real life and this is the real principles of what you put out there. These are your researched, backed up beliefs, what you actually care about. It's not for attention or whatever then you're going to be a certain way. And I think he's that way. Whereas he's responding here to all of the ridiculous people who aren't going to go past Twitter. And if you were to go up to them in real life, you know, sometimes these things happen where people will be like really dickish in the comments and I'll challenge them and they basically backtrack. What Half the people backtrack, half the people double down. But like, this is a surprising number of people who will go like, look, I'm really sorry I was being a dick. And it's really incredible to me how, like, then, in, in a sense, and I, I really appreciate when people backtrack there, don't get me wrong, but, like, obviously when you said that, it was just, like, some grandiosity because, you, you, you know, you were feeling a certain way, but right. in real life, you would never say that to my face. You wouldn't because you'd look me in the eye and I'd look you right back and be like, okay, what are you doing? And I really hope you have an answer to that. And if you do, I'd shake your hand and be like, that's fucking blessed. Because I'm not really about that, whatever. I really do respect my haters who have shit going for them. I go, <laughs> something petty I do is if you comment negatively on my video and you have more than zero subscribers, I click on your channel to see what your video is and I leave positive comments on your videos. I leave happy, encouraging comments on your videos God, if you're I'd a dick. So I'd be so mad. Exactly. I mean, I think even if I answer like a complete dick on my channel, I will leave you a positive, encouraging comment on your channel. <laughs> I just, I'd be like, okay. All right. So, so back to. That, that was a big tangent part here. 4.5 on 5. There's some guitars in it. Some static gets brought into burst two to really add some element to it. There's some weird laughs at the end. The beat has an insane amount of customized um, production that really just takes this to a really cool and engaging level. 4.5 on 5. Uh, I gave it a 4.3. Uh, the beat was very good. Like I can appreciate the production of it, but I think that it, it felt like it overpowered a lot of his voice. There are certain parts that just... Um, I, I guess it's part of what he's trying to do, which I totally appreciate and respect. Just it's a hit or miss, I guess, sometimes. Like I guess depending on the song. So um, 4.3, it's still a really good mark. But I do, I do like, just as a final point, I do like the overall type of, this is how he reacts to, from what I understood about the song song, this is how he reacts to social media on his, like for him, this is how I interpret it. He kind of, this is how he feels when he reads a lot of the comments, when people are like just talking shit and they don't really know, they don't really want to take that time. So that was cool how he gave us like these different type of scenarios and experiences on what he would do, how he feels and how he acts. And that, that creativity was nice. Awesome. So next up, when you're shopping onto YouTube for some beats, you might be typing up in there, 
JPEG Mafia type beat. So apparently, uh, certain JPEG Mafia fans uh, compare him, who is it, to uh, Death Grips. So he samples Death Grips here, which I think is him being self-aware of his criticism. And so that's what the sample is in this. I love the name of this track because YouTube is just full of it. Not just YouTube, SoundCloud, everybody sells beats. Like you can tell when that beat wasn't really an original thought or idea. They just named the beat after what inspired it. Like, yeah, this sounds like the beat JPEG Mafia would make. I'm trying to make myself a little JPEG Mafia beat. And there's probably like 800,000 JPEG Mafia type beat files right now online. Right. Made by cornball ass uh, fucking beat makers. There's everybody ass fucking type beats out there. If you're a producer of some kind, and not just a producer, if you're a rapper with a particular beat style, future type beat, Eminem type beat like what the fuck is an Eminem type beat that guy's got like 15 separate styles of shit does it mean so, Rick Rubin sampled heavy drums you know what so, I mean <laughs> okay like I I use the type beats whenever I'm freestyling with the homies um like just when I started rapping that's what we would do and I think the what I would do is if I was like I don't know Eminem type beat Lil Wayne type beat Drake type beat you know, I've listened to these artists enough to know how they kind of sound, flow, put their words together. And what ends up happening, I guess for me, is I end up rapping like them. So like, which, that's, look, that's if the, you were to say like Drake type beat, I feel like you pictured his R&B sound because well, yeah, sound that's, that's the thing, too. But, you point, end up, I, I, but then again, when you really think it through what era? Because all these guys have multiple I mean, eras of sound. I'm just, look, it's basically a cop-out clickbait convention. Basically, it's a way for you to get views. Yep. And people come into your shit. And you not even being original. I think it's weird as a phenomenon. I think some of the beats are dope, though. They are. Some of the beats I find that are tight I beats. I think they're, clickbait's they're clickbait. Uh, that's what it is however i also like the fact that he sampled the wow we're getting stronger from that death grips to take a little shot at his fans adding some ad-libs of himself and it just kind of feels like a little break from the album but it also doubles over as a perfect uh, introduction to the next track which basically it flows into a hundred percent um, I thought the energy was cool and I gave it a 4.25 on 5 because it just kind of felt like it was there and it was cool. So I listened to this song first off and it really annoyed me because and then I found out why when I read the genius annotation. It kind of resembles the overproduced tags that producers put in a lot of these type beats and mm. a lot of the songs and a lot of the instrumentals. And as somebody who goes to SoundCloud, YouTube, all this stuff to just practice at home by myself or whatever, it is really annoying when you feel like you've got a nice like couple bars you want to spit. And then in the middle of the verse out of break, fucking break, beats, nowhere. Beats, beats. Yeah. Like it's just, you know, Brooks, Brooks, beats, beats, beats. It, it, it is. It, it's annoying and it throws you off and it ruins the whole beat. And it's like, you know, throw it in a chorus, throw it at the beginning or the end. Bricks, I don't bricks, give a fuck. Bricks, bricks, it's, it's annoying like that. <laughs> oh God. But, um, this song for me, I understand what he was doing and the purpose, but it just really found, sounded like noise. I liked it. It just sounded irritating. It was good. Um, but I get the point and I get the concept. One thing that I would say that I think I may have more appreciated was if it was more the way I expressed it 
um have him kind of like spitting bars and then have then it you, like interrupt like in the middle it, or whatnot. you wouldn't have been able to sample the death grips and take shots at you, your fans you could you could have that interrupt his verse it but doesn't that, like he that's just, the whole thing it's a little interlude it, it which I agree. that's not a verse that's literally the same lines just sampled over and over and over again fair enough which i think actually drills and doubles down on your point of satirizing annoying beatmaker tags because it's just like an ongoing tag with some extra ad-libs fair. Fair so if anything i think your idea was good i gave it a 3.8 that's very cool um it does roll absolutely perfectly into the next the track a banger grimy waifu so there's like these really jarring and like audible pauses in the beat like the, like it's honestly like reminiscent of when a cd skips that's going on in this track in the middle of it and i thought that was just cool just like the level of immaculate detail he puts into creating these dynamic and alive experiences and the way he starts all of these songs just consistently these little intros and stuff just feels like the songs were done and he spent like six months just working on the intros and outros making everything feel just perfect like it was really like he fine-tuned the shit out of this um sounds a banger i don't like this one as much as the other ones personally um according to him it sounds about a gun I'm like, okay, uh, these bullets coming at you. Take these bullets for me. That's my Grammy waifu. They, they keep on dumping me tool, the, dumping the tool. Take these bullets for me. That's my ooh. Take these bullets coming at you. And that's the hook. It kind of sings it at you. And it's, I mean, I took it like, it's both like, you know, maybe a literal thing, but also like lyrically, these are the bullets he's flying in your way. You no, know, I kind of took it as a couple things. Uh, literally the gun concept, phys- the, the gun violence and the bullets are coming at you lyrically uh his lyrical bullets all the whatever uh i kind of interpreted that it could also be uh like a love song in a way in terms of referencing so his semen is the bullets i mean that could be it and the last one is um the last thing i interpreted as well when we get through the song uh is the music industry and how uh using the term bullets as like because bullets violence death guns blood uh dangerous situations uh you could relate to like dangerous situations in the industry watching your back this is what kind of people are shady this and this and this uh reason why i kind of bring that up is because uh, in the first verse or is this just like a one verse it's just kind of a one verse um so in the verse he goes i ain't got no burke bags fuck with me you gonna get that price or tap i think it's actually tags uh, I don't think it's tap because he because he kind of goes like fuck with me you gonna get the price or tags so I, I actually think it's tags um, music biz don't give no pat on the back ugh stack it up stack it up stack it up stack it up pack it up pack it up pack it up whoa hold on man grow uh, live at the day's end so part of me kind of feels like he's addressing he doesn't have no burk bags i think like burk like burka bags or like is it expensive uh bag so he's kind of like not really into like club fashion or designing or like high brands he kind of just takes himself uh fucking with me you get the price or i guess if it is tap it relates to a lot of the guns uh violence that we've gotten before it does relate to the gun the tap the double tap you'll get shot uh you gonna get the price the price could have been your life the cost of whatever it is i also think it does sound like tag as in like a toe tag on a dead body a jando a jando um i mean it kind of fuck with me you gonna get the price or a tag i mean 
it could be one or the other. So, uh, music biz don't give no pat on the back. So clearly he's right. He's saying that like nobody in the music industry really cares about what you do as an artist. They just kind of work you, work you as long as you make the money, the music, and what they need. That's uh, Stack it up, stack it up, stack it up, stack it up. So we're kind of just dealing with the materialism of rap. The uh, it's all about the money, it's all about the luxury, it's all about that. Pack it up, pack it up. Whoa, hold on, man. Grow, live at the day's end. So pack it up, pack it up. Kind of like whipping in the kitchen. Stack the pack, get ready, get the you know the bricks, the birds, all that ready to go. Well, hold up, man. Grown, live at the days in. It's like, I feel like now he's kind of expressing that this is what we idolize in music. That drug trapping, uh, you know, money making, the quickest way to flip a dollar, all this stuff. And, and gun violence is kind of what we are uh, addressing and glorifying in rap. And he's, when he goes grown, live at the days in, it's like, I feel like he's mocking a lot of these older rappers who, or older people who might be still rapping and trapping drugs. And it's like, you should be different now. You should be a little bit wiser. You should be out of that game. You shouldn't be doing that. Um, so I feel like he's kind of addressing a lot on this song so far. Do you have anything so far? Or? I mean, yeah, I see where you're coming from. And it is kind of done in a more modern trap kind of sound to the song like he might he's kind of playing up on you know typical sounds in his own weird way mm -hmm. i do think that it's fine um i think it is not that deep i mean it's you're probably right in what you're saying i just feel like he's kind of jaded with the situation he's he's not necessarily like, I just like the idea of a grimy waifu. Like, a waifu is like, you know, this fucking pillow character thing. Like, it's your anime person that you're in love with, and you get it printed on a pillow usually, and you cuddle with this pillow at night. So your grimy waifu, like this negative thing that you're attracted to, <clears throat> in a sense, or something grimy was, or dirty. But it was making a funny way of saying waifu. I mean, a waifu is just a thing. It's a, it's a whole anime term. Um... And uh, it is a funny wifey. It's a pillow. <laughs> it really, I mean, I'm, I might be belittling this, and if you have a waifu, I'm sorry. Not really sorry, but kind of sorry. Um, I don't understand it. I think it's weird. I'm not going to lie. Is it like a big body pillow? It's just... I, I think it's kind of weird to fall in love with fictional characters, in a sense. It's one thing to obsess over it, you know, be infatuated with the idea of something, but to actually have, like, actual affection for fictional characters is not something i fully understand um that's just me maybe i'm closed-minded but i'm pretty open-minded in a lot of ways just in that way it's it's hard um but anyway so he does this thing i don't think you're wrong i feel like everything's kind of fucked up go out there get what you gotta get but in a sense he goes they think in tinder with the topic i take the wins out with the losses you see me gripping with the gossip now i'm eating dinner with bosses i hit the vape because it's needed fall asleep like tempurpedic you know and it's just well, kind of like oh so he's out there playing the game gets high passes out goes along with the life goes on it's just another day well i think i think i think it's sectioned differently so you got the i ain't got no burka bags all the way up until live at the days in i feel like that section of the verse is like kind of uh mocking what we glorify in rap right now and then in the second part so uh my appetite to it's, it's bosses my, so i don't think it's what people glorify i think it's what the industry pushes okay so that 
So it's what what kind of I guess the industry want to see wants to push and, and have us see. So then he goes, you know, saying like he's different. My appetite made me nauseous. Uh, they think Tinder with the topic cautious. I take the wins with the losses as gossip and I'm eating with dinner with bosses. But I think I feel like the my appetite and the dinner with bosses is where that kind of couple of bars end because he's saying that because my appetite made me nauseous and I had to change shit up. I went through. So, so you're going to tell me that hating the weed bar isn't connected to nauseous. No. Because, well, I, yes, I, yes, I, I don't yes, agree. you're right. I think the entire second half is the, connected. There's no extra separation. After the boss is, what, he's going to hit the weed and pass out because of a stressful day winning in the industry? Yeah, That's connected, in my little opinion over That's here. That's all I was saying. Gotta light, gotta light, gotta light, I'll be there. They kill my, for no reason, I hear him. And I think he gets real serious with it because he looks at it like the industry is ultimately killing people and profiting off of the death of people for the sake of money and it's really bad so his songs ultimately may as well just be bullets um so i guess maybe it's a little deeper than i thought but i i don't know maybe it just was really like it felt like kind of an obvious metaphor to me that's maybe to me whatever uh i thought this one was a 4.25 i don't like it as much as the other ones it's okay I did. I thought it. W I actually gave it a 4.5. I liked the vibe to it. I liked the flow. I liked the rapping. I liked the production. It was had a little bit more modern feel to it. It was the first song that I was like, okay, this is something that like, you know, I'm I'm more vibing to it. It, it, it felt more similar to me, I guess. But it also had that weird, unique little taste to it. So it was dope. 4.5. All right. The next song is called PTSD. So this one feels like he doesn't I, I get the feeling he doesn't necessarily like everybody that he deals with in life um has a longer intro he like coughs on it you hear the beat tag he's very high his eyes are watering bruh you know like it feels like he's he's in a certain vibe right now just feeling away and Thanks then a bomb toke Young slut from the bottom of the East Coast, kid blicky in the money in the mattress, bulldog uh, like Trish Stratus, Stratus, and I'm like, did he just like bring up a female wrestler in his bars? That's that's pretty fresh, cause his beat maker tag is also wrestling, so it makes total sense. You don't start to semi spitting like you don't flop. No shots get to picture you and your both crop. Pistol whip hey. them in the pussy in a headlock. Hey. I hate when talk shit and they're scared to get hit. Hey. So in a sense, I feel like we're kind of going into the same uh, ideas that we previously explored. He's ridiculously tough. He's the legitimate. He comes in and wrecks careers in a sense. And people come at him and talk a bunch of shit. They're a little bit afraid to bring it up in real life. You know, where in the world was your when you dropped? Bruh, uh, bruh, don't stop. stop. Uh, lethal uh, weapon. I hit this with the dead stock shit looking like splinter spell special, special ops cops all that bullshit so in a sense he's kind of saying y'all are kind of like little snitches and sneaking around and looking a little bit suspicious and weird and if you think about it the splinter cell and the special ops and these sneaky behaviors kind of does look a little narky i need like, a new splinter cell game to come out okay I never really like stealth shooters, but that's my... Um, either way, uh, I thought it was pretty cool and aggressive. And then he's like, yo, y'all kind of disgust me, is what I'm taking from that first verse. And then that second verse, barely any time passes. Uh, when I hit you, don't be calling no cops. So in a sense, if I'm going to knock you in the face because you talked all that shit, right. don't, don't be snitching, you know? Right. 
I thought that was pretty an interesting point. Like, don't come here unless you're gonna play by the rules. Not one bar, no clips, no drops. Ill, y'all won't, won't get infected if I don't call you. Don't get, you should get the message. Hey. You know, like pay attention to this situation. You know, y'all deal looks something like Brexit, biting crackers, oh. and wondering why you anorexic. And that's fantastic, right? Like y'all basically ended up with a fucked up deal. Your situation is not right. And if you can't say it to my face, I don't respect it. You know, it's like pointing out, you better be like willing to back up whatever you're willing to say on the internet to me. Again, reinforcing and doubling down on that. It's got a very aggressive feel. And then it just kind of gets all weird and spacey and, and kind of an interesting kind of trippy feel as the song kind of fades out. And you're left with like this thing where it's like, I think PTSD is an interesting title. Like you can tell in a sense, he's almost scarred by his experiences with other people. And he's really not happy with maybe the way certain people behave and act. On the other hand, he's like aggressively lashing out because of it through like, you know, a song like this. It's also like an insight into his past. Like he's also getting PTSD from the things he's lived, experienced or whatnot. So, you know, <coughs> yep, <coughs> that's kind of young slut from yeah. the bottom of the East coast. Keep the blicky like, I don't think he's long, he's he's from the bottom anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like I think this is kind of like a, a trip in his past, and we're getting where he comes from and who he is. And not to say he might not, you know, fuck you up now, but he's giving us that context of like y'all need to know who, like where I'm from. Well, he's, I think he's putting out like y'all talk a lot of things. I actually understand what I'm talking about. You know, like. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's trying to make it like a focal point that he's coming from this kind of an environment. I think he's trying to you referencing it almost lightly to say, I can tell you're full of shit, you know, like, because barely any of this is about like his, let's say, nefarious actions in life. It's just like, up, oh, I know what it is. Keep the blicky and the money in the mattress. That one little lyric implies a whole lot of things, mm -hmm. right? But preceding the rest of that, it's basically like y'all are a little bit fake, you know, and he uses gun references, but I don't know. I like the way he just kind of puts it all together. Fair enough. I really like the flow of this. I like his like quick little fast rapping. That was really uh, cool to the ear. Um, I enjoy, I really, really like this song. This was another 4.5. I gave it a 4.35. I thought it was like really cool, but at the same time, like, I don't know that this is the kind of album where like i'm really gonna go and put random songs on and have them just like play through like a lot of this to me is like you got to play the album and just like listen to the whole thing in a row and just kind of listen to it like that to get like a proper experience because everything just kind of flows into everything in like a culminating kind of way um See that. so i don't really know that when i'm grading this even that i would ever really go listen to a lot of these songs individually um maybe the first one uh, there, there are a few like I think if it came on it would be nice don't get me wrong but this is a weird unique flow where it almost needs the whole album I think to function you can let me know what you think about that like is JPEG Mafia a singles guy to you or is it something well, you can just play through in the whole when you album say flow you talk a flow of project or like just listening to the album like okay. like individually there aren't like songs here that are like popping up going mm, gotta go like jump at that but like as a whole this whole album is like something I want to go put on again when I'm like getting when I have like like, you know when you're working and you want to get some upbeat feels on or whatever like it's got a, a, a totally practical function but i feel like it works more cohesively as an album so far i think it's preference because i'm going back to the lot to ptsd and grimy waffle but they're like like just as like singles like i'm, I'm gonna like, i don't know if I ptsd up, is like 
two minutes and 28 seconds. But I think that's why I don't I don't mind. Like it's like I could put it on, get a little nice little like do do do, some weird funky but nice, got that modern feel to it, trappy vibe, quick rap. But like, that I like, let's say you're on shuffle. There's almost nothing this is flowing into me. Like we're flowing from. Like it's. Such I don't a- know. It's got a Tyler. No, no, no. So far, I've I've kind of hear like a Tyler the Creator. I kind of hear like some weird Deltron. Like I hear. Where do you hear Tyler the Creator? Or maybe like a old, lot of A lot of the older no, stuff. I hear. I know a lot of the weird Igor stuff. I hear too. I hear like Igor a lot stuff of just the all. beat productions, the way he kind of sings it, and stuff. From e- the same Igor, the one that just came out. Where no, Tyler I'm not, was like in a yes. higher pitch and using synths the whole album. I'm saying that it. I'm not saying it sounds exactly the same. I'm saying that there is some type of like when I hear this, I was like, oh, I remember that sound from Tyler. I remember that type of I feel. Mean, sure. So I feel like there's some inspiration. There's some maybe like, oh, that's that's a cool, that's a cool idea or whatnot. I mean, I honestly feel like if anything, it reminds me of older Tyler. And the energy and the raw kite like inclusiveness. But Igor was a polished fucking pop album. All things considered, I don't know. I don't. I don't hear the Igor influence at all. Um, maybe because there's like weird synthy instruments. I guess. I, I don't know. That's fine. You're allowed to like what you like and whatnot. Uh, still, I think it's fine. I think it works as an album, like I said. Anyway, the next track on the project is Rap, Grow Old and Die, and then No Child Left Behind. Apparently, Frank Ocean is involved in the production of this track. Or no, a collaborator of Frank Ocean, Vegan, is involved. So maybe there is some connection to the Odd Future camp after all. Adding credence to Christopher's theories. I sound like more of a dick than I am, Internet. I know the old-time fans are like, fuck, he has to stop saying that. It's not going to happen. Um, I like how he starts this with Peggy18 because that's, a, I found out, a fun pun for the Peggy rating system, which is uh, how Europe rates video games. So it's like same as an 18-plus album. Oh. I thought that was clever. Fucking funny. Then this girl or whoever is like, it's a weed song. That's and you're like, what the fuck is this shit? And then the, the hook comes in, going like Bobby. Is that Ricky Bobby? I couldn't figure out who the fuck Bobby so, was. I don't know. It's going like I thought it was Ricky Bobby. Or maybe it's like Bobby, Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown end up like Michael Jackson. I don't know. Like I couldn't figure this out. If y'all can clarify that, I would really well, appreciate it. Maybe, maybe because I feel like the song's about the industry in terms of going around in cycles. I feel like it's about how people treat him. Um, so, like, I, I feel like Sammy Zayn, my moves are making waves. Tell the writers, writing the title, huh? Two guns like Lara Croft. I look like Herman Cain. I dress like Johnny John. So here it's like he's coming, guns blazing, you know, doing his thing. But right. it almost feels like on this track, like, there's a degree of success and isn't confidence. It, but isn't that like a, isn't that a wrestling reference? Who? Uh, write the title. He feels like uh, somebody. I mean, Genius says that, I guess. I didn't really look at that. Um I don't know. Anyway, in any case, um, the reason why is because I wrote... Um, I mean, basically we have, baby, you gonna pull you apart, real estate in your skin, I break a hateful heart, I feel this cracker and ours think I'm out of card. They want me Kevin James, bitch, I play me like, uh, pay me like Kevin Hart. Yeah, that so, kind of makes me feel like he's talking about the industry and that people are like, people I are, it's like it's, cycles. So you have the cycle where it's like, oh yeah, you're doing good, you're fine, you're fine, and then like in behind the scenes, it's like, yo, you need to, you're not really making the money, you're not really getting what you're supposed to be deserved or whatnot, but you have to like go into this weird fucking twisted cycle so you can like eventually get to where you want to be. 
I mean, I took it more like Kevin James is going to be a white dude who plays the part and does what he's supposed to do. And Kevin Hart, if we think back to the Grammy, said, you know what? Fuck y'all. I'm not going to, you know, put up with your games. I'm going to do what I got to do. That's how I took that. Like, he's going to fight back against the authority and stand up for what he you believes in as being right. Be part of the industry if he I don't like... know what your cycle crap's going on. To me, it sounds like I'm winning. I'm getting some clout. People are misinterpreting me. People are pegging me a certain way that I'm not necessarily, like, into. And I guess it's just, like, this vicious cycle. And I think it's more how fame impacts you and changes right. you so i guess in that regard there's a cycle like the cycle of fame that's coming in but i don't know if it's really such an industry thing or just okay. kind of fame in in general like let the kids crown me king for this art so you know on the one hand people are praising me like this the industry's trying to figure out how to make money on me etc I can't behave myself, man. It's like a cycle. I heard Peggy selling out. He got a whip in the house. And then as things are going well, you know, your own fans are going to turn on you and judge you for selling out and doing well for yourself. And it's just kind of like, yep, uh, it's a vicious cycle and it's going to happen again. And then, you know, they, in the second verse, they play him with my name, young Peggy bring the pain. So people are talking shit about him now because he's right. got successful. Now he's got these haters coming in. And I think it's just that it's more than the industry. I think this takes into account the fans and the listeners and the everybody encompassing him. Um, I click a bitch. I'm Adam Sandler bringing major pain. Damien Wayne, I'm the prodigal son. Fine. Um, Click's a really shit movie. I don't know if you like Click. It's an Adam Sandler movie with the I've remote control. It. I've seen it. It's okay. I will not forget the scene where he fast forwards through sex for the first time and then he realizes he has to fast forward through sex for the rest of his life and he can <laughs> That was funny. Um, but then you can see where it's also like his peers and shit too. I got booked for Coachella. Enemies can't say the same. I've been beefing with bums. It's your fine, healthier game. I, I skin a fucking rapper, perfect pelt, bogus chain. People pretend to be Peggy, but can't master the wave. So it's like, I just feel like this song is a basically really grandiose. Fuck the haters. Turns out no matter how you go about this, no matter who you are, some of this shit's just the same. That's kind of what I took. Like people in general are just kind of full of shit. I like and then, how he addresses himself as being Bane. I, I guess. I didn't realize that's what he was doing there. Well, uh, these boys be bleep on Twitter and thinking they break, in, they break in change. I think they full of shit. Some people feel the same. Some people need a hero. My homies need a Bane. I don't really know the significance of Bane as a Batman villain. Well, I like the fact that he... Because from what I understand, Bane grew up in a, uh, in like a, in a prison. But he's not like overall a bad... Like, he's not a villain villain. From what I understand, he follows orders from someone else. But he's got his own, like, story and of whatever thing. I just like the fact that he's associated himself with a villain and not with the hero. Like, he doesn't want to be somebody of, like that type of status i don't want to be labeled as that like i, I, I make mistakes i fuck up like I'm, i kind of took it like in a different way i took it like some people need a hero to like inspire them or whatever and some people need a villain to fuck them up like some people just talk shit and need you know but that's what okay i see that i mean but i, I might like, be wrong i i don't know like because well, I, I do know because i don't know if bane has like some specific like like if you were to say two-faced as a character or joker no, like i know the lore of those I've, characters I've had conversations with people who when you have the conversation about like what superhero do you like or whatnot they go oh i don't i don't like relate to the superheroes i'm more of the yeah but the he's not saying he's a villain he's saying these people 
need a villain, need a Bane, a right. specific villain. Because, and I feel like because the people that he might be talking to, that he might be like communi- reaching out to, don't really see themselves as a superhero. But he's, So they see themselves as villains. Yeah, but they he's talking them- specifically. I think they full of shit. Some people feel the same. So he's talking about like those fucking people. Mm-hmm. Some people need a hero. Oh, I guess I see what you're saying. So when he's saying my people need the Bane, he's saying the people that I make music for basically are looking out for an imperfect villain and not mm-hmm. some fake ass. Okay, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. See people, I but listen I do, to Chris. The way that you were <clears throat> the, the way you were just saying it, some people um uh, they think they feel I think they feel shit. Some people feel the same. Some people need a hero. My need Bane. You know what? I could also see how he's like, yeah, they need to get their ass kicked. And then it just flips up into this thing named after a U.S. action no child left behind, which is some education thing, which I don't really know about because I'm in Canada. Um, you know what? I just, I just want to ha 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 ooh like a baby fresh out the wound. New time, so feeble. I'm evil. Don't treat me like no child, baby. And it almost feels like at the end, it's like this almost rebirth as he embraces the role of what he's supposed to do. But it flips into this like positive, airy, singing, nice thing, which is just such a weird juxtaposition. But a lot of these songs have these like two parts, which I think are really fun, even though this is the other one with two parts in the title. But still, it's a really cool song. I thought it worked really well for the purpose of what was going on on this album. And I gave it another 4.35. Like it's equal quality to like what we've been listening to, in my opinion. I gave it a four. Uh, I thought it was cool. I thought the rapping was solid. I thought like I think it was nice. It's just eh. all right. Well, the next track on the album is called "All My Heroes Are Cornballs." It's the title song. I think this song is all of that parable crap Chris was talking about, or satire, where like, like to me, this sounds like he's making fun of mainstream a little bit. I don't know about you. I didn't. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. So, like, so I like think about it, like, from the perspective of he's cheated with like the mainstream. Right. And the song is called "All My Heroes Are Cornballs." So let's say right. that's the industry. And then the I beginning can... JPEG because I like JPEGs. Um, for the resolution and color, <laughs> I thought that was such a fucking weird intro. But I mean, I actually appreciate it because when I think of JPEG and the coloring and the building of like the like thumbnails and the photoshops. I like how I like the different colors of a JPEG. They're bright. They're detailed. They're you more. You see a difference between PNG, yeah. TIFF. Yeah, I yeah. don't see a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really look. There's a. I mean, I depends on how much you do it. Like I, I see it. Anyway, um, I didn't even know there was a real difference. So um, there we go. The we JPEGs are more defined. It's not pixelated. But then, so then he goes into the verse. Ah whatever 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 i'm right. staying i'm just playing right walk in the crib with a glock 19 and a dirty clip snuck up in coachella with a bong little buddy i ain't jaden smith so it's almost like he's kind of goofing off a little bit like i'm here to stay <laughs> i'm just playing with y'all but then he you know i'm gonna come in and say something real i'm actually gangster enough to walk into coachella with a bong i ain't nice like jaden smith but this is where i get confused i can't keep no job i can't commit i can't commit Hate goes into these bars. Some people ain't built for it. I made rap my job. It's sacred. You don't want to get them guns involved. Do, 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 Cause your wife gonna be calling the law. Like it just sounds like I don't. I don't know. It's, it's basically to me. It sounds like yo, I'm kind of crazy. You don't want this smoke. But is that in a way making fun of, or mocking the new rappers, or is that he's just letting you know like I'll fuck, I'll shoot you. Um. 
I don't know. I feel like he's just that basically people are kind of, I feel like he's kind of calling out how everyone who's saying this kind of stuff is really corny at the end of the day, you know? These out here, man, gnarly, gnarly, fuck, fuck. Like, it's just, it's almost like he's not trying to make a good song. It's like he's, he's not that he's not trying to make a good song, but he's making fun of like the typical tropes of boring, repetitive, repetitiveness that comes on a lot. And then he goes into the second verse. Guess we had a big new year. No whips, no change, just a few tears. Pop filter, hoping you get the stock when I hit the stage. I hope my enemy's watching. So he points out like he had a really good album drop. You know, things are going well. But at the end of the day, he doesn't have all of these things that these people are pretending to have as they rent these things. So his perspective allows him to know how broke everyone else is. Because, yo, given his numbers, he has actual insight into the value of what other people are. Mm-hmm. And then he wants people be jealous you know and then damn i wonder when they drop in why these wiggas always showing up when be popping bruh don't turn yourself into a target because we can take this shit from beef to something exhausting Uh, so i think he's pointing out yo whenever somebody authentic and real comes out you got a bunch of fake ass gangsters coming on through pretending they're a certain way but yo at the end of the day he's gonna come in and take you out if you really want to get down to it i may have okay so somebody in the comments and holden please correct me if i'm wrong but isn't Wigga, like, white? Yes, he's, right. but it's a fake gangster. Right, right. It's like a, a white so guy who wants to be black. The ki- Okay, okay. So I know exactly what it meant. But I don't think he's talking about that. I think he's trying to double down on how fake you actually look by right. comparing people to Wiggas. Right, right. But the reason why I'm kind of, like, stuck on that is because imagine it's kind of like you're working, you're rapping, you're rapping, you're rapping. People are giving you your flowers, respecting you, whatever. But you're not seeing that like crowd of like white gangsters. But it's more. But then you, I don't you think it's like that. Pop. I think he's looking at like guys who are walking around there pretending they're a whole bunch of shit and saying, "To me, you look like a bunch of wiggers. Like you guys look like those dudes because you're so pathetic in your attempts to fake this life that you're not real about." That's how, like, I see that going on. It isn't about a crowd or anything. But then I guess maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it is something. Like, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Okay, like, maybe you're right. Maybe imagine, it's kind of like. Because now he's, now he's famous. Like, how many people mm, listen to somebody like a Meek so Mill? you're right. Because Meek Mill's famous. No, no, no. I guess I see what you're saying. Again, so you're, you're pointing. So it's like, if you're really real, why is your audience so white? Because the what you know the real real don't recognize you. Why do you have so many fake oh, ass people showing that's up in deeper the crowd? Than what I thought I was I was just making the fact of like when white gangsters start showing up to your shows. Like I feel like he's mimicking yeah, but the like fact fake, of like when they show yeah, up. Um, that's what we're saying. Like, but no, but I think when he's saying that, like, um, um, what I think he's trying to like point it out, like, yo, I mean, on the one hand, why is it that? You know, when you're popping, so many of these fake-ass people show up. I I don't know. Maybe. It's an interesting lyric. But if you go out of your way to have these fake-ass types show up, that's going to make you become a target over on because those are likely going to be the the worst types of people out there. Well, like when he goes, don't turn yourself into a target because we can't take this shit from beef to something exhausting. Glock 43X with a sticky holster. Pistol whip him because I can't waste a bullet in a poser. I like that. I like how he's a uh, you know conservative about his bullets. He ain't gonna. He's he's also attacking them like yo, you were so fake 
that I'm not even going to waste a bullet on you. I don't, I don't even want to try to kill you. I'm or, just going to knock you out. I really like the line, incels getting close because I crossed over. Like, I used to be a certain way, and now I'm over here, and everyone else is getting jealous and acting and showing out how they really are. Overall, I think this is a really, like, cool song. And it ends out with this guy, like, ordering, like, Wendy's, which I thought was pretty funny. And it was because I like, you know, I kind of want a bacon smokehouse now. I feel like it kind of adds to, uh, I feel like it does play nice on the title as in like somebody that's so gangster. I think it's kind of funny in a way and it kind of connects to the song because um, it's not like it's cornballish to go to Wendy's, but the dude sounds mad high. Like the dude sounds mad spacey in the outro and he kind of. Oh, I'm gonna take a uh, no, not the burger, man. Uh, I think it's and then, like the the cashier asks him a question, like, okay, what type of drink? And he's like, oh, I'll have the big drink meal. Like he's not really paying attention, so uh, I think it's kind of supposed to be this like, you're kind of cornballish, you're kind of not really there, you're kind of. I think it's like even showing visibly. This is more like what you're like when you're completely like out of it. You know, you're not really. Oh hard. shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. Ah, I liked it though. I thought it like was an interesting song, all things considered, and I gave it a four point three five on five. I gave it a four. I'll be honest, it was a hit or miss for me. Um, I like the presentation. I like the lyrics. Uh, I like his flow. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm. I don't think I'm ever gonna diss his flow on any of these songs. Like he's really talented on how he just swat switches up from the sing songy to the rapidy rap. It was all super cool. But you know, four on five. Anyway, um, we're going to take a, take a little break here. It's the end of part one, and we're going to get ready to record part two as the video is getting a little bit long now. So definitely let us know what you think so far in the comments. We'd love to have a little conversation with you down there. If you do like the video, you can hit like. If you want to subscribe, you can get part two and all sorts of new reviews we haven't even thought of yet. And yeah, we look forward to sharing this journey with you. Special thanks to the patrons is Milka Dempsey, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black, Hurricane Linda, Williams, and Coney Sparks. They're dope. The support will be due to help us get a new camera. They're going to help us get a website very soon because uh, that's time consuming. And uh, they get to tell us what albums they want to review. So if you want to support us, it's a great way to do so. It's a very direct way to do so. And it's awesome of you if you do. Anyways, uh, otherwise, we look forward to seeing you the next time. We make music. You can check that out on the channel. And we're going to go get ready to record part two.